much to say about it but we can just jump into the georgia tech miami game man what a fun time that was um <laughs> yeah so really just couldn't really get much going on uh on offense uh, we grabbed the ball a little bit and just fall out that the play calling was pretty poor um definitely think it was one of chip's worst games but uh Miami kind of started out hot on offense, just running the ball with Ja'Curry Brown. Um, I think they knew that was had to be their game plan. They ran the ball pretty well. Couldn't really get a stop. And then, you know, we'd load up to stop the run, and they'd, they'd hit us for a big play or a touchdown. Um, still really only gave up 14 points early. Um, so we were in the game, scored right before half, made it 14-7, kind of had the double possession. So you're thinking, you know, we could tie this up 14 all. Coming out of the half, came out of the half flat, went three and out. Um, and then we swapped possessions with Miami a little bit. The defense continued to play well. Um, just, you know, getting stops when they needed to. They Miami would drive the ball, um, and then we'd, we'd get a timely stop. So I really can't complain much about the defense. The score doesn't look great. But, um, Really, they kept you in the game. Uh, we were dropping the ball down uh, late in the third quarter, I believe it was. And, um, you know, Zach started running the ball, really started using his legs, which seemed to be kind of one of the keys was to be able to get him out of the pocket and running and get his legs involved. And um, he fought for some extra yards, just got the first down. The very next play, we kind of went to a, a flea, flick, flea flicker um, and it was wide open, but Zach couldn't get any any strength on the ball under through it, and it got picked. Didn't really think he needed to go to a trick play there. Thought we were moving the ball pretty well. Thought we could have tied it up 14-all, and uh, Zach came immediately to the sideline right in front of us and was pretty much had tears in his eyes, was holding his shoulder, could hardly hold his shoulder up, and he kind of knew he was done, so it was from the play before. That's why he couldn't get any strength on the ball. So broke his collarbone. Uh, went back to Zach Gibson, which I texted y'all at the time. Zach goes in, we're beat. Um, the kid is just not good. Uh, so um, he threw a couple picks, and the game was pretty much out of reach after that. Uh, we didn't get any points out of that possession, obviously, because they picked it. They went down and scored, went up 21-7, then went up 28-7. We scored, and uh, then Zach threw another pick. And ended up being 35-14, I believe. So, um, kind of miserable game offensively, for sure. I didn't think we did terrible uh, offensive line. I thought they, you know, protected Pyron early in the game pretty well. Thought we had some nice running lanes. 
We just would do some stupid shit. Play calling wise. Didn't really make a lot of sense. You'd be driving the ball and then you'd do something and put you behind the chains and next thing you know, it's third and eight, third and nine, and you're uh you're really having to scramble to pick up a first down. So uh, it's gonna be frustrating from here on out. That was definitely a frustrating game. I really don't know how much stock he can put into any of it considering the situation coaching and then now we have no quarterback. But uh it is what it is. And too much more to say, really. Yeah, that's tough. You all had a chance to win that game. Uh, until, until the boy pylon went out. Yeah, once well, – yeah, I mean, you're driving the score. I, I thought – like I said, I thought it was a stupid play call to go to the flea flicker there. I don't think he needed to. You run the ball. You had something working. Um, but, again, you know – Zach was trying to gut it out and make it through, and he just threw a pick. Uh, if he throws that, uh, you know, ten yards deeper, it's wide open. It's a touchdown, but he just couldn't couldn't make it. But um, Jeff was supposed to be the emergency quarterback, and I guess really the only thing I'll say about that is I don't really care if a kid doesn't want to go out there and play on a broken foot. Like, yeah, he's got a stress fracture. I think the, the the thing that pisses me off and pisses a lot of people off is when you, for three weeks in a row, you continue to hear he's the emergency quarterback. He's got his pads on, his ankles taped up, you know. And in that situation, there is no more emergent situation. Uh, there is no more emergent uh, circumstances that you could need him. Um, you know there's not an able body that's able to go out there and win you that game and you're down seven points. Um if you're not going to go in at that point, you're never going to, you never intended to go in. So whether you were cleared, whether the communication miscommunication was on Jeff's side, Brent's side, maybe Jeff said, Hey, I'll dress. Brent thought that meant it was good to go in, but he wasn't. Or either Jeff said, yeah, I'll go in and play if you really need me. And then when it come down to us really needing him, he didn't want to step in and play. I don't really know, but I think the thing that pisses me off the most is to continue to see that. And then when your team needs you the most, you shake your head when your dad comes down right next to me in the uh, the aisle of our section and is imploring you to go in the ball game. And you look at him and shake your head and say, "No, Zach's going in." Um, it really just looks piss poor. Looks like you really don't give a shit, and um, it's frustrating as fuck to watch when I'm freezing my ass off to watch it to to go watch them play. And I know uh, Nate McCollum is playing through a back injury. I know Dylan. Leonard uh, is playing with a shoulder that he's going to need surgery on at the end of the season. And um, you can't fucking go out there and play and try to give your team a chance to win. Um, that's what kind of pisses me off. So I would say my main point of it is now that he stepped away from the team permanently to focus on himself, um, he should have just said from the get go, Hey, I'm not comfortable going back in this game. So I'm not even going to dress. Don't even give me the bullshit of emergency quarterback. So Maybe a miscommunication. Well, that's, that's what interests. That's what I don't understand. Is like if you're dressed, you're obviously cleared medically. They're not going to let you go out there with pads on. So. Oh, it's it's been a hundred percent stated he was cleared medically. He was cleared by the uh, the team doctor, an outside doctor, and I mean, has uh, he been practicing though? Like that's that's the thing. Right. He's, yeah, he's been practicing <clears throat> by his own choice. That. Been practicing by his own choice. So he's just, so. he just soft and gave up pretty much. Yeah. I mean, 
I mean, Nate McCombs out there, he'll make a catch, get rocked, and he can barely stand up, his back hurts, and the next play, he's back out there making a play. Like, we didn't have well, a Jeff probably saw Cameron Kitchens picking off everything and was like, yeah, I'm not finna throw the ball to him. I, I just – I don't know. It's whatever. So now he's not practicing. He's not prepping. He's just going to focus on getting better. So probably he can transfer, which I hope he does, because once Pyron gets healthy, I'd much rather see him play anyways, because he actually is on the field looking like he gives a shit. And absolutely, it has that dog in him. So that absolutely wants to, wants to go out there and play. And he's too. like, um, he's like uh, Heineke right now. Yeah, you know, he's just got that. He's got that grit that everybody rallies behind. You gotta yeah. love it. I mean, when it comes down to fighting for the extra yard or fighting to get over the goal line, Zach showed multiple times that he'll put his body on the line. Yeah, it cost him. Uh, in that situation, he probably didn't need to. But that's kind of one of those things that you, you're hesitant to dial back on a kid because, you know, when a kid's got that want to about him, um, it's kind of one of those things where you, you don't you don't want to turn that off. So you kind of just let him roll and ho- hope you don't get himself hurt. But Jeff's never really shown that. It'll go out of bounds a yard short of the yard marker. I mean, down where you need to pick it up. Doesn't really do a whole lot of the fighting for extra yardages and has missed a lot of games due to injuries in his time here. So um, I get he's been in a tough situation his whole entire career here. But, I mean, at the end of the day, when your team needs you and you got other guys that are laying on the line, either say, hey, guys, I'm not good enough to dress out health-wise or say, you know, if you need me, I'll be in there. And then when it comes down to, them needing you, uh, get your ass in the game. So, um, I'm glad it's been addressed publicly. I think Brent was obviously really frustrated, said something in a, a presser, and 30 minutes later, you can see him pick up his phone, read it, and say, well, they didn't like what I had to say there. Um, <laughs> I think that kind of tells it all about the situation. So, that's really all I got. I don't want to ramble too much about it. Yeah. Um, you know, on that note, I guess we can get another terrible game out of the way. Um, South Carolina <laughs> at Florida. Just an embarrassing game. Like, rock. I mean, you thought you hit rock bottom against Missouri. This was rock bottom for sure. Um, I mean, it was Florida just – Satterfield here. Yeah. I mean, this it was twenty-one zero in the first quarter. It, was, it kind of felt like the uh, the Arkansas game. Um, well, you literally called that. Yeah. I mean, I I picked us to lose, but I didn't pick. A, I didn't think we would lose that bad. Um, I mean, I guess the story of the game is the offense, uh, but we'll save that for a little bit. The defense. I mean, they gave up how many yards? They gave up. Th- 374 yards on the ground to a team that you knew was going to come out and run the ball. I mean, Anthony Richardson was 11 for 23 throwing. Like, he he didn't have a good day through the air, really, but they just didn't even have to throw it. They just ran all over us. And it's like you knew that they were going to do that, and you still couldn't stop them. Um, and then the offense, man, just horrible. It was a shutout, really. As a gentleman shutout since we stole that six points on the punt fake the fake punt, but I mean your special teams is elite this year. That's one, yeah. one thing good thing to look at. Yeah. 
I mean, the the guys on special teams always seem to know exactly where to be and when to be there. And, and then on offense and defense, they just got no idea. <laughs> and it's the same guys, which is crazy. So it's like, got to be coaching, you know? Um, I'm surprised Satterfield's not already gone. But like I've said before, I don't think you fire him during the season um, as much as I think everybody would like for that to happen. Um but I don't know. It was horrible. <clears throat> Terrible. I guess they got us back probably, for last year. This is probably premature to even ask, but do you think him being fired or whatever the case is, is like, do you think that's imminent now? But just it's, given how yeah. the offense has played this yeah. year, now that he's got a quarterback? Yeah. Because you can't blame, like last year, you could sort of get away with saying, like, kind of blame it on personnel. But this year, right. you can't really do that. Yeah, because um, I, I mean, mean it's not... just one of those things where sometimes coaches will just like die on the hill with a coordinator. Hopefully, Beamer's smart enough. Not yeah, to, I mean that's that's the whole that thing. Like he's he that it's gonna be um, crucial in his for his you know time at South Carolina whether he can part ways with Satterfield and actually get a guy that can run offense because that was Muschamp's whole thing is he couldn't find an offensive coordinator to to get the ball down the field. Um, I mean, there's more problems with Muschamp, but that was one of them. So, um, you know, getting the offense on track is going to be huge this offseason. You can't hire another nobody. So, it's, you already took a shot at that, and it didn't work, obviously. So, I don't know. Terrible. I mean, you're freaking – how do we not have other running backs ready other than freaking a tight end? And then we're just going to run that tight end up the middle into a 450-pound nose tackle. It doesn't doesn't even make sense. I went back and watched some of the highlights of it. And, it, I mean, it got to a point where it's almost like – I mean, not that – well, basically, you just gave up play calling-wise. You're just like, let's just get, get out of here. Yeah. Which is really disappointing because even if – I mean, even if you know you're going to lose, like at least at least get in fucking – empty formations and spread the ball at least try i mean that's i think that's what's so frustrating about it yeah that at the end of the game i mean you weren't even pushing the ball downfield yeah it sucks so oh well next week's not gonna be any better so um but i guess that's all i got on that um, so we can get into Clemson versus Louisville. Yeah, so hopefully we'll uh we'll change the the tone a little bit. Obviously, last week I was very let's just say less than optimistic about our chances, just because I mean Clemson's weaknesses the last really three games um sort of lined up with the strength of Louisville's strength with the. Uh, well, the strengths of Louisville over the last month or so when they were on a four-game win streak. And, you know, I had I had a couple of things that I thought we needed to do. Basically, you know, with them leading the country in sacks, I, I said we needed three or fewer, um, and we needed to allow 150 yards rushing or less. Um, we did both of those. The one, the one thing that I said that I thought we would need is for Shipley to have 25, 26 touches. Um, he only had 20. But he still accounted for 27% of our total offensive touches. And if not for a fumble on his last carry, him and Moffa both would have been over 100 yards. Um, so he was definitely productive. Um, 
And I was happy to see Moppa's snap count go up. He was on the field a lot more than the 10 carries he got. Um, didn't have a target or a catch or anything, but he was he was on the field and 21 personnel and um, in the backfield pass protecting. So he's his value is definitely there. Um, and I think I think obviously I would be remiss if I didn't talk about Malik Cunningham. Obviously not 100% coming into the game. Uh, had a left hand injury that kept him out of um, a game a couple weeks ago and then just kind of been dealing with it. Now they haven't really run him. Um, over that win streak, I think he had like 46 carries for 140 something yards um, over the course of his last five games, which for him is a fairly low mark. Um, so at the end of the first half, he took a shot in the back. And I don't know if it was a combination of that in the hand or if it was just the hand and he, you know, how limited their offense was with him. Um, but I don't think he had but maybe two or three rushes in the first half. I could go back and look at the stats, but basically he was a non-factor running the ball, and that takes that takes a lot of the uh, the apprehension out of playing Louisville. Um, but I thought that thought that defensively we did a really nice job. Obviously against that stretch zone, Florida State killed us with it. I thought we did a really nice job, um, especially the defensive line. Um, you know they anchored and were able to shoot gaps, flow with it. Um, guys on the edge did a. I would, I would say a pretty good job. We had a couple of busts, obviously. I mean, 132 of their 150 yards came on five explosive plays. They had runs of 44 and 19 on third and long. Then they had, you know, other ones of 27, 26, and 16. So that's, I mean, that's 90% of their yardage on the ground in five plays. So other than that, obviously, you know, played really well. Um and they, they tried to do a lot of what Notre Dame did, came out in a lot of 12 personnel. And part of that is because they're limited at receiver. But uh, they came out in heavier personnel, tried to run it down our throats, and um, did a nice job of responding after the after the Notre Dame game and being able to stop a lot of that. Um, offensively, I think the biggest thing was getting back to running DJ. Um, he really seems to kind of settle in the game better, um, you know, over – over the course of his best performances from, you know, Louisiana Tech, Wake, NC State, um, and then I guess really even through Boston College and um, uh, you're on a blank in Florida State, I mean, he was averaging like 15 carries a game for 50-some-odd yards. So, um, you know, and, and he finished with 15 uh, in the game Saturday. Four of them were on the opening drive. So – he had 25 yards and a touchdown on a draw on that opening drive. And, again, I think that seemed to really loosen him up. Also on that first drive, we got Jake Brinning stole the ball, who's run a ton of routes and had a few targets. But I think he's only had one catch like the last four games. Um, and against Wake and NC State when our offense was really clicking, I mean, he was one of the preferred targets. Um, but we got him and Antonio Williams involved early. Um, Antonio Williams ended up with 10 catches for 80-something yards and a touchdown. Uh, and it was clear that, you know, coming off the Notre Dame game where the offensive game plan was really poor, um, you know, Brandon Streeter and Kyle Richardson both kind of acknowledged that you got to do two things. You got to get DJ involved in the run. And then your most productive players, you, we got to do a better job of getting them more touches, just feeding them the ball. Um, and both of those are readily apparent. Um, I thought the offensive line played really well because Walker Parks was out at right guard, so Mitchell Mays came in. I want to say he only had like 45 or 50 snaps in the season. Um, 
And he wasn't perfect by any means, but a lot of what he put on tape was good. I thought he was really good in pass protection because Louisville blitzes a lot, especially on early downs. Um, and I thought he did a really nice job of passing off a lot of that stuff. But um, And then, obviously, I talked about Moffa and Shipley a little bit already, but those two guys together are, like, really, really good. Um, combined for 29 carries, 200 yards, and a couple of touchdowns. Moffat had a couple of them over 20. He had a touchdown run at the end of 39 to ice the game. Um, and, I mean, really, when you can run the ball um, against anybody, it's going to open up a whole lot. We didn't do much offensively in the second half. Um, it was more of a let the defense continue to control the game, don't do anything stupid um, type of plan. And I'm fine with that. Um, but even post game, Dabo said that he told DJ earlier in the week that it was a do or die situation. Um, and it's hard to argue with what he did. I mean, he had like 185 yards. He completed 70% of his passes, did have a fumble, um, but no turnovers. Speaking of fumbles, we had three of them. So we just kind of padded Louisville stats. But um, thankfully, they had zero points off turnovers, which honestly is probably a bigger deal in the outcome of the game than anything else. Um, but I guess just to finish, obviously, when when Malik Cunningham came out, um, their quarterback, Brock Doman, came in. And, he, I mean, they were just letting him sling it out there. Um, he's, I think he's a fifth-year or six-year quarterback. They said he was on, like, his fourth different school. Um, and, I mean, he, he really outplayed any expectations you could have had for him. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, and then Barrett Carter. So, Trent Simpson was out with an ankle injury. Um, and so, Barrett Carter normally plays strong side backer. And they flipped him inside to a weak side linebacker where Simpson has normally been playing. And he absolutely snapped. He had eight tackles, three and a half tackles for loss, two sacks, one where he jumped over the running back. Um, I mean, just vaulted him. And then he had a pick. So they were talking about um, at this point, maybe keeping him at inside linebacker and then moving Trenton Simpson back outside where he's just been a freak of an edge rusher coming off basically coming off the slide or even being able to pinch down as a, as an extra defensive end, which is something that we've shown. So curious to see if that'll be something that we do going forward. But, I mean, overall, obviously they scored a, a garbage-time touchdown, but, I mean, they had 10 points for, I mean, the majority of the game. We had a goal line stand, hold it to a field goal. So 31-16 to 16 is pretty dang good when I thought that we were probably going to lose that game. So – Definitely take it. Home win streak um, is extended to 30 or 40 now. Um, and obviously it, it cements us in the ACC championship game against UNC in a couple weeks. So have that to look forward to. But got Miami this week, so we'll talk about that later. Can't believe you picked Louisville in the pick em. I mean, I did, but I didn't. I mean, but you did. But you did. I mean, that's fair. Like, if y'all want to keep it, that's that's fine with me. But we'll have to go review the tape. I haven't listened to last week's episode. But from memory, I said, I'm not picking Louisville, but I'm not taking them off the sheet. Yeah, so if, Which Louis, I guess is if like Louisville, Louisville won, so. then you would have left them and still taken the points. Uh, probably <laughs> not, to be honest with you, but. <laughs> that's a fair criticism um i guess we'll roll into uga mississippi state here um uh you know the outcome is pretty much what we expected uh just a couple hiccups 
late in the second quarter that I'll get into in a second. Um, Started off a little slow. Um, only scored seven points in the first quarter. Um, second quarter was a lot better till the end there. Um, for some reason, you know, I was talking to Sid. We were texting about it, um, about that minute before halftime and, you know, being aggressive right there. I wouldn't really um, – I don't hate that call. Um, what I hated is the execution. Like, if you're going to do it, um, you know, do it. You know, throw the ball down the field. You have 40 – that drive started with 41 seconds left, and you throw a wide receiver screen to Ladd for seven yards and let almost 20 seconds run off the clock. So, your second, your, your second down on your own 30-something with 23 seconds left, like – and then you throw another incomplete pass, and you're like, all right, well, let's try another pass. Like, come on, guys. And then it bit us in the butt. They returned the punt for a touchdown, and they made it a game. Um, but luckily, shortly, you know, after halftime, we came out and scored a quick touchdown, um, two quick touchdowns, actually, and went up, you know, 31-12. So it ended up not being an issue, but in big games when – you know, that's that's a deal breaker right there. You can lose the game because of decisions like that. So hopefully, you know, in the rest of the year, we execute that better or just, you know, decide to run the ball and go into the locker room. Um, especially if you want to beat uh, teams like, you know, Ohio State, Michigan um, in, the, in the playoffs, you got to – you know, you got to be flawless in your clock management and execution. Um, overall, though, um, Stetson had a pretty decent game. He had two picks, but, um, you know, the first one he was getting hit way through, so it was a duck for, like, 20 yards way underthrown. Um, the second one, Sweat made an incredible play on the defensive line. He, um, do you all remember the Alabama game, like, two or three years ago where they had, like, seven batted passes on the line. Yeah. Okay. Against y'all? Um, yeah. In Tuscaloosa? Yeah. I do remember that. It was – uh, it was – when it was Stets, like, when he started pretty much playing more. just two years right. ago. Um, but he pretty much – he batted it and then intercepted it. It was, it was really impressive. Um. But other than that, he had an adjusted completion of 76. Um, we're still pretty good. Run blocking is just – I don't know what it is about Mississippi State. Um, we can never seem to run the ball well. Um, even though the stats say, um, you know, 100 and something yards, if you take out Lad's reverse for 70 yards and then Milton's 34-yarder at the end of the game – we had 29 attempts for 71 yards. That's two and a half a clip. Um, over the last three years, our rush offense against Mississippi State, we played them twice. We have almost four yards per attempt, 0.7 yards before contact, Stuff rate, which is, you know, percentage of runs for no gain is 15%, and a run block grade of 55 and a half. Okay, that's horrible. 
Yeah, that's not good. Um, against everyone else in this in this span, <laughs> yards per attempt is five and a half, so almost two two yards more. Uh, yards before contact is two and a half, which was a yard and a half more. Stuff rate six and a half, and then run block grade of eighty eight compared to fifty five against Mississippi State the last two times we played them. Um, so the uh, the D line coach uh, has it figured out over there at Mississippi State um, because what he likes to do is do a lot of twists and stunts on the line. So we're the end. Uh, they had a lot of three down linemen. So um, the end um, would, you know, stunt into the, the two gap or the A gap um, across the guard's face. And then right. the nose of the D tackle would wrap around to the end. And it really confused our offensive line. We had a problem uh, with executing blocks, especially in a lot of the zone, zone reads. Um, and we couldn't just couldn't get a hat on hat on guys. It was really throwing us off, and run game really struggled. Um, it was uh, very interesting. Um, Cedric Van Pran had the highest run block grade of sixty two. So um, you know, going forward, obviously we were able to still dominate, but you know. We got to be able to run the ball a lot better, or at least block better, um, moving forward, especially against, you know, teams with more talent. You know, Mississippi State's talented, but you know they're not undefeated like teams we're going to see in the playoffs. So, um, run the ball is a, a big, a big key that needs to be be worked on um, in the future. Uh, defense side of the ball, I think we played really well. Um, I mean, they only. Without that punt return, they only gave up 12 points um, to an offense that's been throwing the ball all over the place all season. Um, held held uh, Will Rogers to 260 yards and only one touchdown um, with 51 attempts. Uh, hmm. A big, yeah, a big part of uh, our defense this year uh, and their success is in the red zone. Um, even that's how it was last year too. Our red zone defense is just, you know, kept us in games sometimes and just made it to where we didn't have to do a lot on the offensive side of the ball because our defense just shut them down once they got in the red zone. Um, and 10 games this year, um, opponents have been in the red zone 21 times and 14, uh, of those times they've only scored, um, which is 66%, 66 and a half, really. Um, and that's six total touchdowns, three on the ground, three in the air, um, and eight field goals. Only San Diego State and UCF um, have better percentages than that in the country. Um, and if you're counting just the touchdowns, that's uh, 28%. Um, our opponent, opponents are scoring on us inside the red zone. Uh, well, the fact that it's only been 21 attempts is impressive as hell in itself. Yeah, through 10 games. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just to put that in perspective of last year uh, with our defense, um, opponents scored 62.5% uh, of the time. So 
we went from 62 to 66, you know, and not much of a drop off, you know, as everyone was expecting, um, myself included. Um, I expected drop off, but not as little as it's been, which is pretty incredible. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much the, it for the Mississippi state game, really. Um, just got to do better executing the run blocking. Pass blocking has been fine all year. Um, defense is looking really good in, uh, in the uh, passing game, which I'm very proud of because I feel like in, uh, in crunch time at the end of the season, in the playoff, we're going to play teams that like to air it out. So um, it's good. It was a good win. In Starksville, the cow uh, the cowbells got annoying just watching it on TV. I can imagine being at, <laughs> being at the game. Um, it's yeah. gotta suck even as a home fan. Like, yeah, I, I don't know how I don't know how people do that, dude. I mean, I'm sure they're numb to it by now, but good God. I mean, I guess you'd get used to it at a certain point, but Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's I I wanted to punch a Tennessee fan. At the Tennessee game for yelling the entire game. I could imagine a cowbell in my ear. So Ooh. makes my skin crawl just thinking about that bitch rattling back and forth. <laughs> Especially just somebody behind you just banging on it. Oh, right there in your ear. Just oh. even like like this fan was like even yelling during punt and kickoff just to piss us off. And just imagine, get him, get him. Just imagine That's a cowbell on, on punt return just in your ear. And they're you're still just, screaming. That's the best part. You're, when you're trying to they're relax, they're in special teams and they're just sitting there ringing up. <laughs> mm, they're probably standing up in front of you too. Um, oh, yeah. I can't even imagine. Well, I guess with that, we can move into uh, week 11, week 12, week 11. What week was that? This is uh, week 12. Ten, yeah. Mm, I think I said week 10 to start the episode, but whatever. Um, um, what? Wasn't that week 10? No. No? That was week 11? 11, yeah. Okay. Now that's sorted out. Week 12. Uh, there's a lot of really big spreads this week. I'm just looking at the sheet right now. Um, Some... Good, some bad, but I guess we can. Do we want to start with the the games that our teams are favored in, or the other two? Let me go ahead and get mine out the way. Okay, <laughs> Georgia Tech at UNC. Uh yeah. So I think the first uh, thing you have to go to is quarterback play. Uh, obviously, advantage North Carolina there with Drake May. That would have been the case anyways. But especially when you're down Zach Pyron and uh, Jeff is no longer with the team, you're choosing between. Um, how do I put this nicely? Uh, no good and possibly worse. So uh, I don't really know what we'll go with. I think the the answer has to be Tyson because at least he can freaking scramble. At least he can get out of the pocket if he has to. Um, I also, I mean, I if you're comparing the two, maybe I give him the edge because he was at Clemson at one point and maybe got some better coaching or saw better defenses than homeboy that from Akron did. Um, I don't know if that has any transitive properties to it. Probably doesn't, but 
um, if I'm, you know, searching uh, for something or reaching for something here, uh, maybe that's it. Um, I think obviously, you know, North Carolina's defense is, is not good by any standard. They uh, are around, you know, 100 to anywhere from 100 to 108 in uh, most defensive categories, especially running the ball. Their rush defense is, is no good. They uh, give up just about five yards a carry, um, almost 200 yards a game on the ground. Um, but the defensive, uh, the passing defense is, is not much better. Um, so it's kind of interesting. I think I definitely think there's a path to where you can go and put some points up if you if you commit to the run and you do a little thing uh, different and get creative on the ground and, and pass when you absolutely need to. Um, because some pretty bad offenses are scoring a lot of points on this this team. I think they give up uh, 32.1 points a game, which is tied for 107th in the country. Um, not very good. But uh, on the flip side, we're not much better. Um, so, I mean, defensively, we're, we're much better in terms of defensive metrics around the country. Uh, but I think Drake May is, is going to get his regardless. So... I could. I think we could easily give up 30 plus to them. I don't see us scoring uh, more than 30. I don't see us scoring more than 20 points. Um, it's tough to see me see us realistically scoring that much. But um, I guess you just never really quite know, especially in the ACC. Um, so, like I said, my prediction is we see Tyson. Um, I think we might see some some introduction to the double slot with Nate McCollum and uh, Malik Rutherford trying to get the ball, just, you know, dinks and dunks, trying to get the ball out fast. No hard decisions and, you know, progressions to be going through. I just don't think think Puma's capable. So it'll be uh, it'll be really interesting. I'll be there this weekend. Um, so it'll be my second time to Chapel Hill. Last time we won, this time I, I, don't, I don't see us leaving with a win, but it is what it is. One last game to go to this year. Uh, so, <laughs> is Chapel Hill cool to go to? Like, I know that they don't have like a ton of fans that go to the games, but yeah, it actually is really cool. Chapel Hill's. Uh, it's first off, it's big money. It's nice as hell. Um, but outside of that, like they actually do have a good tailgate uh, atmosphere. Uh, really? And yeah, the fans that do show up, they they put on a nice tailgate. They have a nice areas to tailgate. Um, How's like their stadium? It holds about fifty thousand. It's nice. They put a lot of money into it. Now I got chairbacks. Um, they got a big new billboard, both end zones, the uh, bleachers, and like the buildings are new. Um, the press box is kind of older, but I think they're working on that. But like, like I said, like anything in Chapel Hill is going to have a lot of money into it because there's just there's there's so much money in Chapel Hill. So um, the stadium's yeah, bigger than that. No, no, they hold it holds about fifty. It's it, it looks bigger. Like like if you look at it, you're like it looks a lot bigger than say our stadium, but our stadium holds more. Um, I guess it's just kind of op- everything. The end zones are connected. Maybe that helps. Right. Um. Oh uh, well, because yeah, the they have one open end zone right up next uh, to that building, the football facility. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the other end zone is connected. I mean, as in like it's the horse, almost like a horseshoe kind of right. deal. Right. So. And they have two press boxes on each side. Um, so, 
which one's a press box and then for coaches and stuff, and then the other one's just suites, but it looks like two matching press boxes, uh, kind of like Notre Dame has. But so, I mean, like I said, cool place to go. Um, not very a hostile environment, as you can imagine, but um, it'll be fun. It's worth going, I think. I would recommend That's it all if, that you're road, if you're going on a road trip, I would recommend it. You can have fun in Chapel Hill. It's all about having fun at the end of the day. Yeah, we'll have fun up until the game time. <laughs> then Drake May might have fun. Yeah, and then you're ready to yeah. absolutely fucking murder someone. So, <laughs> well, don't do that. Yeah, let's let's avoid that. Um, but yeah, I guess moving into another game that's gonna suck. Um, South Carolina versus Tennessee. <laughs> They're favored by twenty one and a half, which is probably low. To be honest, um, I don't know. I mean, everybody knows what's about to happen. It's going to be like 45-17 or something crazy. We'd be lucky to keep it under 66 like they scored on Missouri last week. Bro, they went crazy. That game was close, like, most of the way through the third quarter. Yeah. I think that's why they did what they did. Yeah. Wide run score. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're throwing the ball. They're throwing the ball deep with Joe Milton with, like, a minute left. Yeah. They were they were doing that because they didn't want it. They didn't want the, you know, when they have, when they're getting looked at for the the fourth spot in the playoff contention, like oh hey, yeah, I mean, Missouri played y'all close. You got to do what you got to do, and if it's the backup out there throwing, I mean, I can't I can't really complain too much. Like, I mean, yeah, I guess, but yeah, I mean, we on Tennessee's offense number one in the in the, in the country, I believe. Um, Hemden Hooker and Timothy Hyatt are gonna have a heyday. Hyatt apparently made a comment that he had this game circled on the schedule because you know South Carolina oh, never God. offered him, and yeah, and he's from right down the road from South Carolina, and they never threw that offer. But Ooh. you know that was a different that was a different staff, so I don't know. He'll probably hopefully he'll only score like three or four touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> he's about to have like twelve catches. Yeah, I'm. I'm just interested yeah. to see what our our offense does because Tennessee's defense they play well, but they're not, you know, amazing. But that's the same way with Florida. Florida was a bad defense, and we couldn't score anything on them. So, I guess we'll see how that adjustment goes. Um, maybe I don't know if we'll have Marshall and Lloyd back this game, but it's pretty evident that we need him. Um, but I don't think in this game it makes much of a difference because you got to score forty to beat Tennessee at least, and we not even going to score twenty. So. so, so with that being said, you're pulling, you're calling the upset. No, like I said, the the score in my head is like forty two seventeen. I mean, shit, you win some, you lose some. South Carolina winning, obviously. <laughs> right, right, right. What would right. you What would you do if y'all y'all won somehow? We'd probably storm the field. I mean, I'm gonna be there. We're gonna have a nice big tailgate, and if everyone was storming the field, hell yeah, <laughs> I would. I mean, uh, I mean, why wouldn't you? But you beat you beat Tennessee and not out of the playoffs at home. I would. I would drive. I would hell drive yeah. over there and storm the field. <laughs> well, speaking of that, I hope after you storm the field, you're not capable of driving. That's what I know for a fact. <laughs> yeah. You mean running right to the right to the bar, 
right back to the cockaboos hill. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, this, this is not a great matchup for South Carolina. And for some reason, Tennessee fans just hate South Carolina. I'm not really sure why. Well, actually, I mean, they actually your... just hate Beamer. Wait, 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 what? wait, wait, Jacob. Let's not act like you don't have this insane hatred for Tennessee as well. I do. I do. So what's uh, up with them hating Beamer? I don't know. I have no idea. It's just, you know, I guess people on Twitter hate everybody, so it's probably not even like – It's Tennessee bad. fans, bro. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, we'll see. I don't know. Well – I guess I'll go ahead. I'll be honest. Tennessee is also debuting those orange helmets. And they're going out there in the cream sickles. They the cream hard, sickles. Uh, but know. yeah, Sam, you can you can go ahead. Um, yeah, I'll be honest. I don't know a whole lot about Miami. Um, I was expecting Georgia Tech to kick their ass. Um, that didn't happen. Obviously, I mean they have they have a lot of athletes on defense. That's that's not really up for debate, um, but offensively, it's just been kind of a kind of a struggle. Obviously, Tyler Van Dyke um, has not played the way we kind of expected coming off of a big freshman year. Um, I mean, he got hurt at the end of the first quarter a couple weeks ago, and Jacoby Brown played three quarters through nine passes, had thirteen runs, and they got absolutely dog walked by Florida State, forty-five three. And then, I mean, last week, and Ja'Curry Brown comes out there, has 19 passes, 19 runs, you know, had 87 yards on the ground, three touchdown passes. I mean, and he, he, he appeared to be uh, a very viable quarterback. And, I mean, he's big, That's and he's he's physical. That's that's kind of what worries me about it. Obviously, it adds a dimension to the offense. Um, they don't have a ton of receivers that scare you. Um, I mean, that's – that's really the downfall. I think Will Mallory, their tight end, is their leading receiver right now in the season. Um, <clears throat> so, I think really, again, defensively, um, they have Kevin Steele. They don't. They're not going to disguise a whole lot um, based on the little bit I've seen. It's pretty base coverages. Um, so I hope that means that um, offensively we can come out there and if we run the ball halfway decent, get DJ settled into the game, uh, that we might be able to take some shots. Um, catch them in man coverage. Um, but they, I mean, they're typically a cover two blitz team, um, if I know anything about Kevin Steele. So, like I said, um, it's just one of those games where you hope the spread is accurate for us because I really I really feel like after coming coming off the Louisville game, there's, there's some momentum that's been regained after getting throttled by Notre Dame. Um, so I think this is a this is a big one just in terms of keeping keeping morale up. Obviously, you've clinched the spot in the ACC. Um, you know, you have Carolina next week, which is another big game. So I almost like I don't want to say it's it's a letdown game because obviously November is important, but I do feel like it's one where maybe maybe you turn on the tape and Miami's not all that impressive, or you know, you start looking ahead to to championship games and and shit like that. So I'm. I'm just hopeful that the defense shows up ready to play because if they show up like they did against Louisville, I think we're going to be more than fine. Um, we said we're going to get Walker Parks back. Uh, I think Trenton Simpson and Bo Collins are trending towards playing, more so Simpson than Collins. Um, so we should be at full staff. 
But again, it's just one of those games that kind of worries me. I'm I'm a little bit concerned that we might come out flat. Um, let Miami hang around. Obviously, let's not throw the ball to Cameron Kitchens on defense. So that's that's got to be area number one. But obviously, keys to the game. You got to continue to run the ball. You got to get Shipway Moffler. And they both, honestly, at this point, they need to start splitting carries. Um, I think Shipley is a really good back, but you got to get Moffin more involved. Like I said, he had a high snap count last week, but he's got to get more touches when he's on the field. Um, and then aside from that, defensively, I mean, just just don't let Jacuri beat you. He's out there like a like a knockoff Lamar Jackson, just running around aimlessly on some of these plays. So can't let him beat you or give him big plays that keep drives live. But um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's a low stress game. Um, speaking of low stress, I guess we'll go to Georgia and Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say it's uh, hopefully it's going to be one of those one of those games. Um, considering this. Kentucky team just uh, took the L to old Vandy. Um, They're garbage. I can't believe Missouri lost them. I, I just – I still can't believe it. And it's even – you know it's even crazier? Vandy beat him with Mike Wright. AJ Swan didn't even play. Yeah, Mike Wright was out there toting it, though. Yeah, he was toting him, but he wasn't throwing it. That's, they, I mean, that's they, fair. You know? Um but yeah, I mean, you know, Will Levis isn't what a lot of people thought he was going to be. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the fact that he's still mocked in like the top ten is mind baffling. Yeah, it's baffling. Um, like who, whose dick has he sucked? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing they're expecting him to be like, you know, like a. Josh Allen or something. That's exactly yeah, what like it is. Yeah, like I suck in college, but yeah, all the physical just, traits. Yeah, and snap in the NFL. Um, quite frankly, I don't know if that's to be the case. Probably not the route out with. Be. Yeah, with him. Um, but yeah, uh, the Falcons the defense, will probably draft him. Who are we kidding? <laughs> probably. They'll probably draft him first round. Um, Trade up for his ass. Yeah, this uh, this Kentucky team's weird, dude. Um, I mean, they start out the season four and zero, um, and then just completely without hit without Chris Rodriguez. Yeah, like what the fuck? They start out four and zero with you know really good running back, and then they just hit a wall and they lose the teams that they a couple of teams they probably shouldn't have lost to, and including Vandy. Um, so now we're here and. I feel like it's going to be one of those games where um, we get up quick and just, you know, get it over with, be very conservative about it. Um, I check the weather. It's going to be uh, in the low 30s. Um, nice. So it's going to, be, going to be a miserable game for the fans and attendants. Um, probably going to see – a lot of uh, missed tackles, a fumble or two, just because of the cold weather. Um, but yeah, uh, I hope, like I said earlier, I hope we can establish the run a lot better in this game um, than the last couple. Um, Been a good game to work on it, I'll tell you that, because um, Kentucky, don't think they're going to put up too many points. Um, 
So I'm not not gonna be I'm not gonna go into too much more depth about it. Um, you know, y'all have seen Kentucky play this year. Y'all know what's gonna happen. Um they can't do much on offense. Their defense is not what it was last year. And uh, that's about it. I mean, yeah. Jacob, how do you feel about him throwing shade? Were you were you gone when he said that? What? When I throw shade? He said Kentucky lost to some teams they shouldn't have lost to. Yeah, how's that throwing shade? Oh, because they lost to Carolina. Just saying. <laughs> I mean, who, who to else? Start Their other losses are Ole Miss, Tennessee, and then obviously Vanderbilt. So the only loss you could have been talking about was South Carolina. Well, they they should have yeah, actually. Yeah, but he said, he said some, so it's more than one. So if you look at it, right. it's got to be Vanderbilt and South Carolina. Um, I'm just saying. They should have actually beat uh, Ole Miss. You all remember that game? Yeah. Yeah, they had no business being in because Lovers played like dog doo-doo. Yeah, they should have won. But they stopped their run for a little bit and stayed in the game. Yeah. But, yeah, we digress. Um, My prediction is, like, 36 or something. You know, I feel like we're going to get up quick and and then just kind of run the clock out after that. Yeah, I see, like, 36, 10. Yeah. I don't think they're scoring 10 points. Oh, okay. Be at like 37 to 3 at halftime. <laughs> That's the final. Uh, Yeah, anyways, we can move into the picks for this week. Oh, Lord. Yeah, so I really want to – me and Davini don't really want to talk about the picks at this point because, I mean, we're just out here picking upsets, trying to get back in it, and little did we know, we just took ourselves out of it. So it's really a, a two-horse race at this point. Um. The venue at 87, Connor at 89, me 96, mm. uh, Jacob and Sid with 114 and 117, respectively. Um, and we're just going to jump right into this. So we got Duke on the road at Pitt. Pitt's a seven and a half point favorite at home. Um, against my better judgment, I'm going to keep picking the upsets. I'm taking Duke. Uh, give me Pitt. I think Pitt's going to be able to run the ball with a Banacanda. So. Yeah, they're definitely going to win by three touchdowns, but I have no idea. I, I kind of want to pick Duke, but I'm going to go with Pitt. Yeah, I'm going to um, – You know what to do. Uh, you know, brother, I'll ride with you um, and, you know, shortly. But uh, I think I'm going to ride with Pitt this time, though. I, I don't want to have the rest, the worst record at the end of the year, you know. You got you got a little cushion against so me and Yeah. So I gotta I gotta make sure I don't, you know, win the poopy bowl. Okay. I'm wrong with Connor that. also took a week off. So I, that, <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying. I can't I can't lose, especially after Connor does that. You know? That would just look even worse. And that's fair. And that's fair. I respect that. Um Yeah, but so moving even on, if we you got... win, it's kinda like, yeah, well, Connor took a week off. So. Well yeah, that's why I gotta get up more on him. Yeah, we'll I mean, the same anyway. can be said for me. I'm only up by what seven. Oof. Anyways, next game we got a TCU minus two and a half against Baylor. Uh, don't know why TCU is. I mean, I picked Texas last week. I know, 
and it was because they were at home. But like TCU minus two and a half, I feel like that's disrespectful at this point. Vegas is just waiting for TCU to slip up. Yeah, but don't think it happens against Baylor. No, no, Horn Frogs stay undefeated as of this week. Yeah, I mean Baylor is like one of their biggest rivals. So this is, I mean, it's not like they're going to come out flat, or you would hope. Um, they'll be ready for the game. So going TCU. Clean sweep for the Horny Frogs. That's right. Nice. Um, <clears throat> next one up was a weird one. NC State and Louisville. Louisville at home, four-point favorite. I've got NC State down right here, and I really think it's going to depend on whether or not Malik Cunningham plays. MJ Morris has played well um, the more he's played for NC State. I still like their defense um, because the way Louisville is playing um, offensively, they're not going to really throw the ball, and that's where you can beat NC State um, is downfield. So, with a three-man front, it's kind of it's kind of an interesting matchup for NC State. Um, but assuming Malik Cunningham is still kind of beat up, playing less than a hundred percent, I'm taking the Wolfpack. Nah, give me Louisville. I think I think Sam just convinced me to take NC State, so I'm going NC State. Dang. Um I'm going to ride with uh, Louisville on this one. Yeah, here's your chance to get some points on me and Jacob. Next one up is an even weirder one. So, Western Kentucky and Auburn. Auburn, five-and-a-half-point favorite here. At home, it's senior day. They got Coach Caddy. But here's the deal. I don't know if you all have watched any of Western Kentucky this year. Um, I don't expect that you all have. But long story short, obviously, Bailey Zappi for the Patriots came from there last year. They had Zach Kitley. They're air raid as fuck. Um, well, this year, they got a D2 transfer um, from University of Tampa or something like that. Mm-hmm. He came in there and beat out Jared Dagey, who was at West Virginia. And homeboy absolutely spins it. I'm talking about, like, has a, like, rocket launcher. He's got 3,500 yards passing. He's going crazy. So... Anyways, that being said, the fact that Auburn is a five-and-a-half-point favorite is honestly surprising. I wouldn't have been surprised to see Western Kentucky favored. Um, but I think Auburn's defensive line is still pretty good. Their defense isn't bad. Um, I don't know. Dude. I want to pick Western Kentucky, but I'm not going to do it. I'll put it like that. Yeah, I was, I was close to picking them as well after seeing what that quarterback's doing this year. But uh, I, I feel like Auburn gets the win. I'm going Western Kentucky here. Um, and my reasoning is what I just sent over to y'all on Twitter. Sorry, you can you share with, with the listeners? Well, it's, so it's a Auburn football tweet of oh, one yeah. more in our house. <laughs> and it's got the Western Kentucky matchup or the mascot looking over um, the stadium in like a cool setting in clouds or whatever. And then WKU football said Big Red looking over Big, Big Red's kingdom. And mm. it's kind of hard. Yeah, so I'm going Western Kentucky. And I didn't even know about this quarterback. I was going to pick him anyways. I didn't even know that they had a sick quarterback. Yeah, he's fine. Um, and Auburn's not very good. So That's a fact. You know what? I think I'm going to go Western Kentucky with you. Let's ride. 
Easy. Pops Nation, let's ride. Okay. Now I want to pick Western Kentucky because I said I wanted to do it anyway, but just don't have a part. <laughs> and anyway, Sid picked Auburn, so I know, that's how I know Auburn's going to win. Um, moving on, Ole Miss and Arkansas. Arkansas, two-and-a-half-point dog at home. So here's the deal. Ole Miss is going to run for a lot of yards. Um, I mean, last year Arkansas did this thing where they had like a had like a three-man front with two defensive tackles, and they would try and replace the strong side backer. I mean, they were basically in like a like a dime front, three defensive linemen, two linebackers, and Ole Miss ran all over them. Um, so I expect Arkansas to have a different plan defensively this year, but I'm not really sure that they're going to be able to stop. Uh, Judkins, because homeboy is going stupid. So yeah, yeah. give me Ole Miss. Uh, yeah, I think this, I think this one's easy, especially if KJ Jefferson's not back. I think you go Ole Miss. Oh, that's true. I forgot they played with the backup last week and still almost beat LSU. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what that the whole LSU thing, them barely losing, but I'm going. I'm going Ole Miss. Yeah, I don't know if you remember. SEC's just weird. The game last year was one of the best games of college football um, during the 21 season, but I think it's going to be a lot, a lot more lopsided this year. Almost. There you go. Um, next one, we go back to the Big 12, Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. Um, the Sooners here are reeling. Um, it's been a tough one, but they're favored by seven and a half. They're at home. Um, and Bedlam's always weird. So Oklahoma State's been getting dooted on lately. Um, <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna take him. I feel like Spencer Sanders is gonna create problems for them. And this is just not a very disciplined defense. Um, I don't know. Oklahoma's got some shit to figure out. But yeah, give me the pokes. You just uh, gave the two reasons as to why I'm taking Oklahoma. For one, Bedlam's weird, and two. Oklahoma State's been getting shit on. So, uh, give me the Sooners. Yeah, I'm going Sooners here, too. Um, Oklahoma owns Bedlam, so I, I assume they'll continue doing that. All right, Sam. Let's do it. Okay, State. Yes. Baby. Okay. I just hate when I'm alone picking stupid shit like Duke. Now, now I don't <laughs> want to pick Duke. <laughs> But, you know, I'm just – I'm literally just out here doing stuff. I don't even need a reason. I'm giving y'all reasons, and I don't even need them. But, anyways, I digress. Syracuse and Wake. Uh, Wake Forest, a 10-point favorite. Both of these teams started off, um, I think, 6-1. and one. Um, Now, each 6-4. and four. Um, So, yeah, what was two quality wins for Clemson has now become wins against two, like, really average teams. But Syracuse probably still won't have Garrett Schrader. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm taking Sam Harmon here. Yeah, give me weight because Syracuse, you know, they started out hot and then they were like, hey, we're Syracuse. We're supposed to suck. So They also didn't play anybody the first half of the year. That was yeah. part of the reason they were 6-0. And then they should have yeah. beat us, but we're not going to talk about that. They remembered that they're really Syracuse and they've gone back kind of into a hole. So, give me weight. Yeah, my favorite part of the whole season is after – Syracuse won their sixth game to start six and zero. Dino Babers literally threw a celebration that they were bowl eligible. Like, bro. <laughs> Anyways, 
Uh, I'm going Wake here too. Yeah, clean sweep. Here we go. Uh, so now we're going to go over to the Pac-12. Um, we got USC finally playing a team with the Pulse. They're a two and a half point favorite against UCLA. Uh, these are two craptastic defenses. Um, I expect to see lots of yards, lots of points. Um, and for that reason, USC has the advantage. Yeah, give me USC. Um, yeah, this is probably going to be a pretty interesting game, though, honestly. There's going to be a lot of points scored, uh, like you said. But I don't know. I'll go Southern Cal. No USC. Nah. The, the real USC? Easy, easy, easy. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm gonna go USC as well. Um, this is this is a big weekend for the Pac twelve. This is gonna it is. decide, you know, who's gonna well really it's just USC because every other team has two losses. So yeah, USC's gonna win. No, nah, Utah's only got one loss, I think. No, no they, they got, got two. two. Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah, never mind. But that's that's a good segue. Utah and Oregon. This line is even right now. Um, Oregon's at home, and I think that's why I'm going to take Oregon. Uh, Utah is extremely physical. I like Cam Rising, um, but I don't know. I don't, I re- I don't know what to think. So I'm just going to take, just going to take or. Oh, just going to take Oregon there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Give me the Ducks reluctantly. Yeah, I'm kind of with y'all. I think I'm only picking Oregon because they're at home. Um, because I feel like these two teams are really, really similar. See, Jacob, I feel like that's a that's a smart pick, not to digress here, but you know, if you look at the spread right now, you're down three points. And the current difference in our picks right now would be three points, depending on how the uh Duke pit game no, depending on how the NC State game goes and, and the Auburn uh, game. And the Auburn game. So. Yeah, so I mean, by the time it gets dark outside, you're gonna know how fucked you are, or not, <laughs> fuck, depending on the situation. And me and Sam are just along for the ride. Yeah, well, well yeah, dude, we know we're screwed. We've known that for weeks. I've known it since week four. Well, and that's fair. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm gonna go Utah right here. I don't know. I have a feeling uh, they're gonna come out with a close close dub. Um, I would I, honestly rather see Utah win. You mean? Utah. I, 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 I would too. I would love it. After after Bo Nix came out and said if we play Georgia right now, it would be a lot different. And then they turn around and lose to Washington. Um so I'd love for them to turn around and lose two weeks in a row after that. So um give me Utah. Well there you go. Well, there you have it. Hopefully I can uh overtake Sid here. This is yeah. kind of a duty week for games, to be honest with y'all. There's not a whole lot of like really good matchups. It usually is the week before rival week. Yeah, I mean a lot of teams are playing like group of five. Like the whole the whole SEC is playing group of five. Yeah, so, Tennessee definitely is. So I just thought about <laughs> it. I just thought about it, and uh, this is going to be my first rivalry weekend in which I can just sit down and watch these games. Like I don't think I've really hardly ever even watched a. Uh, Michigan Ohio State game or any. Of I, those wish, games, I wish I wish the Clemson Carolina game wasn't at noon so I could watch some of that. I'm just this would be my first one I've missed since I can remember and it's kind of like I'm gonna get to watch some of these games. So is it a night? Is it a night game though? 
It's a nooner always. No, it, it's always a noon. The Michigan State? Not Michigan yeah, Michigan, State. Ohio State. Yeah, Michigan, Ohio always. State's always noon. That's dumb. Which is stupid. That's so dumb. So stupid. Probably because it's like negative five degrees at night there, but uh, yeah, yeah. so stupid. I, just need to I don't think any Big Big Ten teams play many night games at this point in the year. Like, I think Michigan November usually games gets, are like not a thing. Michigan usually gets more than the others, but yeah. That's pretty soft. Yeah, super soft. Super soft. But yeah, I mean, are you even going to watch the Georgia Georgia Tech game? Hardly. <laughs> Fair. I mean, I, I would put the over under on first downs for us for at two. Nah, it's not going to be that bad. Hmm. Oh, it's going to be that bad, buddy. It will be the first half. Then we're going to take everybody out. I don't think you understand, pal. <laughs> They're playing Tyson. I'm, I'm going to send you all a, a Tyson Pumachan highlight tape. And it's really like a low light tape. Like it's him throwing picks and shit. <laughs> no. Is there one out there for real? Yeah. That's of oh, the yeah, spring game when the spring that. spring game when Davo's mic'd up. Oh Heck yeah. yeah. The one the one that, like right before he pops his Achilles. Yeah, I guess. Bro, what if he just come comes in Athens and just throws for three hundred yards? Just goes crazy. He'll three, he'll three tunnies. He'll be the damn captain of the football team. <laughs> He'll be the next head coach. Hell with yeah. it. Yeah, Tyson's own place now. <laughs> yeah, Puma calls his own plays. Yeah, oh, I don't. Boy. I don't know. I don't think it's gonna go well at all. Yeah, you'll have that. Yeah, you'll have that. All right. So, Jacob, I guess we're done here. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I guess I am ignorant. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. That's what we have to say about college football this week. So, peace.